Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the story straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi Minute. That's right. Welcome to In a Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. These are some trying times, but as we make our way back into the workplace to this new norm, there are many wonderful things you can do right here in Mississippi. Plan your next getaway, visit Mississippi.org, get it all ready to roll once they let us roll. I'm coming to you from the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I've got a beautiful, beautiful Mississippi soul on the line today who has done things no one in history has ever done. So let's just get started. She grew up in Greenwood, Mississippi, still in Greenwood, Mississippi. She actually got her husband to move to Greenwood, Mississippi. I love that. Was a highly recruited golfer out of high school, eventually choosing LSU and had a prolific career there before turning pro but she would give up her promising lpga career a choice she made to have a family and cheer on her husband jim on the pga tour and man did she get to cheer a lot as jim would go on to become a Ryder cup hero win many many times on tour including the uh tour championship which i was jumping up and down on the couch i'll never forget once she got her amateur status back well the game was really on She's won 12 Mississippi State Amateur Championships, the most of any golfer in history, male or female. This she's done while raising four children, two of whom have now won two state ams of their own, which I'm sure she was probably playing them in the, cha- in the title or sometimes uh, to win the championship. She won two of her championships while pregnant, one when she was really pregnant, as they say. I'd imagine in some serious Mississippi heat as well. She is one of the first of five golfers. And the only woman inducted into the Mississippi Golf Hall of Fame and took her rightful place in the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame in 2019. Let's celebrate a true icon, a wonderful mom, athlete, and lady, my pal, Sissy Gallagher. Good morning, Sissy. Thank you, Steve, for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. You know, as I've interviewed all of these incredible athletes that have done such incredible things uh i look at your resume and i'm going like well i guess i'm saving the best for now (laughs) i mean like it's insane and and you know you're right next door and we've paid attention to you ever since you were a little girl you know we were all raised knowing that that this gallagher family not gallagher the meeks family uh, there was this girl, Sissy. We knew all about you were beating up on the boys, right? You were. And uh, we right. knew about you. But I got to understand, as Andrew Abide just said, tell Sissy I said hello. And how can she be so sweet and so tough and competitive at the same time? I told him I wrote the song <laughs> Tender and Tough because I understand it. But, but let's talk about growing up, first of all. Your dad, you know, your, your dad, such a wonderful man. Your mom, you come from such an athletic family and particularly golf. 
Right, for sure. And I think I think that probably the sweetest story of my whole uh, career, you know, career was the fact that my granddaddy, who would be a hundred and something, two years old right now, he he uh, during the depression he was he moved to Helen, Arkansas, with his uncle because. He had three brothers, and his mom needed she needed some relief. And he was named she was named he was named after her brother, and moved there. And he was the manager of the club there, and he taught him how to play golf. So he meets my grandmother in Marianna, Arkansas, and when they moved back to Carrollton, Mississippi, and Teoc, where he raised my dad and my uncle Roy, he he wanted his sons to learn how. So my grandmother learned how. They they played as a family and my dad, his real love was baseball, but once that was over for him, he he wanted us to learn and he loved it and probably started and really started playing golf in nineteen sixty seven when I was about a year old and won the state amateur in nineteen seventy one and that, that impacted me so much because I got to you know, he took us everywhere with him and we got to watch him you know, those elementary years play really great golf in Mississippi, and it inspired my brother and I to want to play, for sure. We're talking to Sissy Gallagher. So your dad, your daughters, you, State Am, all these championships, 17 of them, that's never been done, right? That's right. Not not that three not three generations. There's impossible. Any state. Right. I, I, don't, I don't think it has. I don't. I'm not positive, but I don't think it has. I know it hasn't in Mississippi. So when you're growing up, you played on the girls' golf team or the guys' golf team? Well, I played on the guys' golf team, and that's why you knew that when they said, you know, beating up on the guys. I'm not sure that I beat up on the guys that much, but um, I did enjoy playing with them, and I still have so many good friends that we uh, still are, you know, in touch with that I played high school golf with that no, not many girls played at that time, and it was wonderful for me. It made me better. Back then, Sissy, how was golf sort of rated? I mean, you know, you came from a golf family. Obviously, you'd marry into a, a big-time golf family. So how did you even get seen? Did you go off and play the tournaments? You know, now there's these future tour tournaments. The Brazoviches do theirs here. Uh, that you know, you you go you go acquire points. What was it like back then? I mean, you were probably playing basketball and and other sports, right? I was. I definitely was. I played basketball all through high school, and I played a little softball. Like back when it was not as big as it is now. Um, Jim always says that golf, when we were growing up, was like playing the piano. Nobody wanted to tell anybody that you were <laughs> you were taking golf lessons or piano lessons, and he he kind of teases about that every now and then, but. Um, golf certainly wasn't as popular then as it is now, and um, but I, I enjoyed it so much, and it it just grabbed me, just like just like music does. It just it grabbed me, and I, you know, enjoyed every second of it. This brings up this point. You know, I was going to talk about this later. I was I didn't want to get right to it, but just take the bandaid off. So when you decide. I'm not going to play golf anymore. I'm jumping way ahead right now. But when you decide as a family, you and Jim are sitting there and you love this game so much, how hard was it walking away from a competitive pro career, which you could have had, we all know, that was a choice you made. Um, I mean, how hard was right. it, Sissy? Well, I had, a, I had an injury and that can, and I played a little hurt in college and that affected my college career. And so when you have an injury, it changes things. And so, but Jim and I feel differently about golf. Like, I love the game, the history of it, everything about it. I I love it. 
he loves golf, but he loves to compete. It, it doesn't matter at what. He's putting sand in our yard today. He's probably racing against some clock, you know, in his mind. He's a, he's competitive like that. Um, I really love the game. So marrying Jim and still getting to be in a whole different uh, part of the game and the professional life that it was, it, it was wonderful for me. I, I remember going to my first event and with, I met a few wives and we were walk, we were going in to have some breakfast and waiting on the guys warming up. And I know every face in there because I followed professional golf. I mean, right. I was a fan. <laughs> None of my girlfriends that I'd met, they just met their guy in college or high school and married him and knew nothing about the game. And so it was always more fun for me. And Jim would catch me before we had a family. You know, he's like, hey, where you been? I was like, oh, I watched Ben Crenshaw finish 17 and 18, <laughs> you know, while he was in the locker room. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a lot of fun, you know, following, you know, the guys that I had always followed. You know, like, I think I'll watch, if you're going to go hit balls, I think I'll watch Fred Couples finish the last nine, you know, because I just love the game. Yeah. And um, and it just was different for me. And I think it was, I think it was good probably for Jim, or he says it was, that I kind of knew what he was going through, you know, and when we had children pretty quick, I ended up, when he had a late tea time and he was, you know, in contention, we would sneak out. I'd put a stroller right by the door and all their clothes for the day in a bag and we'd get dressed, you know, I'd, I'd have my stuff and we'd get dressed, you know, I'd dress them in the hall and uh, jump up so he could spend the morning and sleep as long as he could because it's really hard to compete at one or two o'clock and have a five-hour morning right. w- with madness, you know, with a pile of babies in your room. So yeah. we would sneak out and uh, figure out something to do to get out of his way. And then um, and he'd quietly leave on his early mornings where I could get them some rest. So it worked out good for us. And I know I knew the time it took. I knew the, you know, the that you had to put in to be at that level. And uh, I probably pushed him harder than he had ever pushed himself at at one point. Well, I mean, you're. It's almost like having another him as a, you know, as a mate. I mean, like I, right. I guess when he was, if he was down or going through maybe a tough time, you could, he would, well, he couldn't argue the fact that you don't know what you're talking about because you were, you know, well, you. In a lot, of, in a lot of ways, is equivalent, and probably, like you said, <laughs> he may have been. I, I'm trying to figure out anybody more competitive than you. So, for you to say he's that competitive, wow, wow, wow. We're gonna take a break and go into, um, and and we'll c- come back. We're with the great Sissy Gallagher, Sissy, Sissy Meeks Gallagher, and this is awesome, uh, incredible career. We're gonna celebrate and life lived so far. We got a lot left, Sissy. You and I are around the same age, but we got plenty left to go. I'm hoping. Uh, you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Everybody go to visit Mississippi.org to check out all the awesome things we have to do right here. None of us are going to be flying all over the world for a while, so you might as well do it all right here in our beloved state. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studio. Go to visit Mississippi.org. Check out all the incredible things you can do once they let us out. They're going to be like wild dogs and cats flying out of a cage. 
uh, once they let us go. And I know it's going to be the trickling effect, but uh, hey, Sissy, we're talking to Sissy Gallagher. As we go into this new norm, I mean, as a mom and as, uh, you know, are your grandparent now, right? Uh, I am. Have mercy. Here comes the next generation uh, of, of winners. So sweet. As you go into this and you now you've got, how do you see the way it's going to be going down, you know, in the future? I, I think it's important that we protect each other. I have a lot of friends uh, that are elderly here in my community in Greenwood because we have grown up in such a small town right. that you're because when you do that, you're friends with older generations and younger. You you have this group of people that you love from every aspect. My children's friends that still live here, some of my dearest friends, my grandmother's friends, my dad's friends. That just to protect them and to keep us as safe as possible, I think it's important. Uh, Greenwood, we're still real thankful during the pandemic to live in a small town where we're not living on top of each other. Right, right. And where we can be safe, I think that's uh, going to be the smaller places where they're, where it's not as crowded, of course, are going to open up a little quicker, and uh, that's good news yeah. for all of us. Um, well, rural living for thankful. you and me and Jim, I mean, we've always loved it, and so we came back. Yeah. You, you got Jim to move. Uh, with Crooked Stick, where he grew up, and his dad was pro, was it a big city? I mean, I don't know how big. Was it Indianapolis, really? Well, Crooked Stick is in Indianapolis, but no, Jim Crooked, actually what, grew up. He didn't grow up right, there. In Brickyard, Marion, I guess, right? Right. Yeah. Jim grew up in Marion, Indiana, which is about an hour and a half from Indianapolis, kind of like Greenwood to Jackson. For I us. gotcha. So he grew up taking that hour and a half to the airport, taking a flight out. So moving to Greenwood, Marion, Indiana is a little bit bigger than Greenwood, but not a lot. And as soon as you cross the county line, it's nothing but cornfields right. and beanfields. So it looks the same as here. So it wasn't a big change, and the weather is a lot better here. And as parents always, the clubs shut down there in the winter because of snow. So they had always wintered in Florida. So we, it was kind of fun. We got to see his parents when they would travel they could go with us when right. it, you know that time of year so it was really a lot of fun for us to do that but um his mom and dad will leave i think monday they will fly back to indiana they've been in florida we had to beg them to stay another six weeks they wanted to go before the pandemic kind of hit but we just felt like they were better off down there with, with the jim's heat, right. sister who's there now and right and then they but they're going they have a flight and a pretty full flight back to indiana so that that speaks volumes as well as we you know kind of open up for i mean them and just yeah when i brought crooked stick up i, I remember i mean i'm thinking of him and daily battling it when daily won his first pga i'm not thinking clearly, oh but right, I, I, right. Know where, well, that, I know where he grew up <laughs> yeah that's a great sorry but that's a great club and he's very uh you know tied to that and and the brickyard, and we love Indiana, right, and it's right. been a lot of time there. And we slip up there when these Mississippi summers get crazy. Go back to you get your status back as an amateur. You got to go compete. Right. So take me back to the first win. I imagine the waking up the next morning and Mary Langdon, you beating her in a playoff, you beating your own daughter, and you probably served her like uh, I would at least think rice krispies or something in the trophy <laughs> just to rub it in but let's go back to the first win and let's talk about the ones that meant the most well i had finished i had lost in a playoff twice in the finals before i won my first state am i really struggled 
to to win one. Uh, it it's I remember Robert Panel from Greenwood saying how hard it is just to win one um, when he introduced me at the Mississippi Golf Hall of Fame, and and it was that first one was hard to get and. I had just left the NCAA championship at Ohio State and came back, and at that time, I was just better, smarter. I had competed at a different level than anybody in the field, and I finally believed it and went on and won my first championship, and then I won three in a row. Yeah, so, then you just got hot. Um, you just got you started. Yeah, and then I just had I just improved. I just got better. I started playing. You know, uh, I worked hard. I was on a college campus where that's all I did. So um, when was the first, when was I, this your first victory? And was Jim still comp- in the, in the heat of battle? Still, he I did not meet Jim until the fall of my junior year of college, and I won my first state am my sophomore year. Oh, okay. And, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I. Okay. So I won, I won those last three in college before I turned pro. And uh, then I played that year on the uh, LPGA. And then I had to, I was actually, Jim and I got married the year that I got my card. And I ended up not even thinking about getting my amateur status back. We got pregnant with our oldest daughter and were enjoying her. And I remember standing out watching Jim play in the PGA, I think it was, and Ken Lindsay and Ben Nelson, all those great uh, pros from Mississippi, worked on the PGA Tour at the time. And I think Ken Lindsay mentioned to me, you ought to get your amateur status back. And it really, I never even thought about it. I didn't even know the process. And so Ken was very instrumental and helped me get my paperwork done and sent into the USGA, which was awesome. And just, uh, and then by, I think it was by 1993, which 89, I played, I played in 91. And by 93, I was able to get my amateur status back. And I think I, I signed up for the state am and won three in a row again. So Wow. That was a lot of fun. So I don't I for some reason in my mind I kept thinking you'd graduated college, gone on the tour, came back, got your status before you won your first one, but you'd already won three. I won three. And my dad had always said, you know, you really can't play professionally unless you, you know, kinda of beat everybody at a local level, beat everybody at a state level, and you know, and then be successful at a regional area. You know, in a in a regional um area so that that's kind of the way I'd looked at it my whole life and um and once I'd done that and had done pretty well in college I thought well maybe I can move to this next level Jim and I had set a wedding date and I'd signed up to play on the uh, to try to go through Q school and he already had his card for 1990 and so he caddied for me at tour school and I made it through I think the biggest thing for us that was such a strange year, our first year of marriage was like no other for anybody. Yeah, you're not, you don't see each other at all. Right. And, <laughs> but I did not go. I got in the first few events down in Florida, and those were her, his first few events out in California, and he wanted me to go there. We hadn't been married very long, so I, I wanted to go. I wanted to go with him. And Jim's dad kind of sat me down and said, Sissy, if you're going to play the LPGA, I know you love Jim, and I know you, we love you, and and all those things. But if you're going to play on the LPGA, you've got to play it. Right. When you get in as a rookie, you've got to go. And I'd already made the decision, booked the flight to fly out. To and this California. is the father-in-law who's a pro. <laughs> I love yes. it. I love it. And he just stay he away just from wanted, my son. <laughs> well, well, or or and we were already married. So I know, no, like, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's like, if you're going to do it. 
honey, you got to do it. Well, that's he's, and, he had the best interest for you as well. I love that. I think that's yeah, fantastic. He was, right. And that summer when my shoulder was just killing me and I was really struggling, um, that's the first place I went. I jumped on a plane and headed to Indiana for, I had two or three weeks off and I, I went and spent a few weeks with my father-in-law to kind of get me, get me going. And, um, my arm just wouldn't, it wouldn't let me, it just wouldn't let me. I just couldn't do it. And, uh, so, but, but just being with him and just him, you know, trying to help me and, you know, he had coached three children. They all got their cards on their respective tours. I know. They, and they've all won on those tours. And so he just, uh, like even my dad, who had really pretty much taught me to play, along with a few pros in the state, he, you know, even my dad was like, yes, go up there and see Jim Sr. for a couple of weeks and, you know, get get your game in shape, get ready, and uh, be ready to go give it a shot. So I was actually with Jim's parents at the lake on Sunday afternoon. He, they had taken off a couple of days. We'd worked so hard, and we had taken off, and we were going to watch Jim play the last round of the Milwaukee Open. And he won that day. Yeah, so, the first win, right? Right. And so there were so many things that just wow. were, you know, and he was five back with nine to play that day. Yeah, he got we, crazy we had, and, and Jim's dad's pretty practical. He's five back. We're not driving to Milwaukee two hours to go watch him play. <laughs> we're staying right here. We might even go to the lake. You know, we're, we're going to be together. Right. And uh, his he had some family and some sisters and brothers that were in town, and we wanted to be together. So we decided that we would do that instead, and uh, <laughs> we were able to figure out a way to get that on the television and watched him win that championship. You guys ought to be ashamed is what you ought to well, be. <laughs> well, I know. It's true. We're with the great Sissy Gallagher. Sissy, <laughs> go to visit Mississippi.org. Check out all the great things we've got to offer in our state, including great golf courses, a lot of great tracks. We can go see our – Man, George Bryan at O'Waverly and Mossy Oak. And there's just so many great tracks. But I think of him first because I love him so much. Okay. Me too. Would you like to hear a little Ban Perry or Albert King? Uh, Ban Perry. It's a quick answer. You got it. Sweet girl and two brothers. You're in the Mississippi Minute in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I'm with Sissy Gallagher. I'm Steve Azar. I'll be right back. If I The news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Fox News Radio, late breaking, up to the minute, from around the world, around the clock, here on Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Minute with Sissy Gallagher in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. It's great catching up. I don't know why we have to be uh, at the mercy of this show uh, to finally catch up. Every once in a while, I'll send a text or something. Jim, it's you guys are like Gwen said. She goes, "We got to invite Jim and Sissy over." I said, "Well, they won't let us right now." You know, but but the truth is, we our lives are so tangled. I mean, I'm still on the road hard, or was on the road. 
And uh, Gwen's finally was able to get out with me, sissy, and and now not so much. So we're home now, and uh, two thirds of the kids are back. Uh, what's it What's it like at your household right now when we're going through all this? Well, we've had the privilege of getting our twenty year old back from Mississippi State with us to finish school, and it's been it's been wonderful. Jim and I've been walking in the mornings with our next door neighbors, and we, he told I told them the other day that as I'm seeing children on their bikes all in the neighborhood, it has broken my heart that my kids weren't 12 and 10 and 8 and 4. It's you like know, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood here. Every, I mean, I've seen, yeah. I've seen people I've never seen before. We don't know that we have ever spent this many days together in a row in 30 years. No, man. there's no way. I, I mean, right now, look, I'm sick of myself. I can never, I can never be when I'm, I'm always with myself and I'll always tell Gwen, I'll go, you know how great it is that I'm gone and you can be relieved from my crazy personality and my energy. And, but I can't, I'm always living with myself. It's awful. And so I think she's really starting to understand it. There's not, there's not a lot of kisses in the morning lately. You know what I'm saying? Hello, kiss, get away. I do. I do. It's funny. It is true. It's the first time in 30 years and we've had a great time and we've really enjoyed each other but it has been uh and i'm more like you i'm the one with a little bit higher energy hey sissy let's go back to talking about playing first of all was it harder to play in the heat pregnant like the really pregnant time right versus you slamming your thumb in in your car door i guess that's how it happened and having to play without a thumb winning both events both state ams <laughs> yeah, those were two uh, state ams that I'll never forget. I was actually at Meridian Country Club, well, actually at Briarwood Country Club in Meridian when I was pregnant, and I played um, Lee Reader, actually, from Tupelo, who's still a great friend, and um, she uh, took me to 21 holes, and I was a little preoccupied with um, my pregnancy, uh, no <laughs> doubt, And um, but uh, she... She's a great player and uh, has had a, you know, and had had three boys. Um, so she was busy raising them as well. So she didn't, she was kind of like me and didn't have the time to do that. But uh, yeah, I, I did end up winning that state am there. And um, I um, also down in Hattiesburg, I slammed, I actually slammed my right thumb. Think if it was my left, I would have had to go home. But it was my right thumb. So I managed. And I think it probably that probably helped me there because I was able to focus on that. And um, I played uh, Lou Hart, who was who is a nine-time champion, who we lost a couple of weeks ago during this pandemic. And my heart's just been ripped open by that. I loved her so much, and she pushed me once I realized she had won, you know, nine state ams. Or at the time, she had won about six and uh, or seven when I started playing and. It pushed me to want to win more. She kind of set a bar for me. Um, there's a big difference in competition, uh, like with golf, because you're really not competing against someone. You're just really competing against yourself and what you what you think you can shoot or what you you know or your your goals out there. So when you talk about that competition, it is a little bit different. But had it, I don't remember which one it was that I won. Um, seven or eight when it was at Hattiesburg, but I did do it with nine fingers for sure. Okay, so it brings up an interesting point, orthopedic-wise, if my brother's listening. Are thumbs fingers? 
Are they? Di- I know we have we have ten digits, but are they fingers or are they thumbs? And the other guy's fingers. What's the deal there? Well, I'll tell you this: if I blend my left <laughs> thumb or finger, I'm home. Yeah, I know. I got it. <laughs> yeah, I mean because golf's just so you know as a right hander that it's just so important. I don't think I could have done it, but um, hmm. the fact it probably helped me. I noticed that uh, that I didn't uh, kind of overtake it with my right hand, but. Um, I did have some interesting uh, championships that I got to win, but um, I think I finished. Uh, I think I finished second about five times. So um, that comes with the territory when you win twelve. Just FYI, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Statistically, and, and, you're better than Tiger Woods. <laughs> just well, <here. laughs> well, when I think about that, I, I still remember the ones I lost probably a little bit more than the ones I won, and that's kind of weird, but it's true. Wait till you have a number two record. It's awful. Awful. It's the worst. <laughs> I mean, there's no tr- – at least you get like a cup or something, or they give you like a bowl of soup. <laughs> yeah, they just tell prize. you – they tell you at the label, hit the road, you know. You know right, no they party. still call your name. Sissy, you know, Jim was a big reason for me. I mean, we had him on my show, but, folks, if you didn't hear this, I'm playing at the country club. My band – uh, had been rolling. We had two 28-foot trucks. We had been working really hard from the college days, paying for all that gear. I'd been writing songs, and but I'd been going to New York and L.A. trying to get a record deal. And I was close. But I was at the end, basically. He built a house in Greenville. I was 20, I'd say, 7. And uh, it was done. That was over. And I remember, like, all the Brozoviches, all the kids, the Naamans, all them, they're splashing water on me while I'm playing for my country club dues. I'd play golf on Wednesday, but Jim had been strolling around the course. He was there playing and he hears me singing. So he comes up afterwards and he says, you know, you know the story. I mean, he says, uh, you're really good. I want to sing you in Nashville. The funny thing is he sends me to see RC Bannon. RC and I, RC says no, cause they're looking for the next Garth Brooks with a hat. Obviously I'm not wearing the hat or the big buckles and all that. Um, and he, uh, R.C. and I become good friends so much that for eight years we play golf together. And I bet right. we won 40 tournaments together. I, I promise. <laughs> we won everything. Brentwood, every Thursday after we'd go. I mean, we won more tournaments. We never wrote. And then we finally write together. And we write, I don't have to be me till Monday. And we haven't written since. <laughs> wow. I mean, come on. But also, I wow. felt like when Jim was making that run, when he was in his really thick heyday, I felt like it was my brother out there playing. I felt that close to Jim. And so I got excited equally. I'll never forget the shot he hit off of concrete, had to go up over the trees. He was leading the Atlanta at the Atlanta Country Club, leading the Open. He had had his tricks that morning because he had his trick cereal the day before. I get it. He was doing everything (laughs) the same. And he ends up losing by a shot because he had the lead forever. And, uh, but I remember feeling that feeling like going like this is sickening to watch. Like it felt like you were watching, which would be later in life, the feeling you have of watching your kid, because you don't, True. you know, when you're when when. So as a player, you're this great player, but you're the closest in the world to him, the closest person there is. So I get what I felt like. What do you feel like? Can you remember the times when when the heat was on, and uh, and it was out of your hands? You just had to watch. It was hard for me because, you know, I, I did. Um, I remember him three-putting at Tucson. We're going down on 18 to loop. And uh, granted, it was a 40-footer. Nine out of ten, even pros are probably going to uh, three-putt that. But, yeah, I can remember those, too. It, it just, uh, 
they are painful. Um, I always say, you know, when I look back at, we, we really didn't think about it while we were living it, but uh, there was a period of time where Jim was the best player in the world that hadn't won a major, and he'd finished right. sixth, second a few times, and, um, you know, I just... Uh, I mean, in the world, it. that is so true, too. I mean, think about that. Right. Right. In the entire um, world. They really didn't, they really didn't, you know, the media was different back then, and they didn't, they weren't as, uh, I don't know, maybe negative or grabbing the story, but at that time, they didn't talk about it that much, but it was, it was a fact, you know, and, you know, I think that um, there was some part of Jim that just maybe never saw himself holding a major trophy, you know, um, like never seeing yourself see Bazaar with a number one record, right? I mean, right. so never... Never really uh, believing that. I always believe that about Jim. I'll never forget him leading the Masters the first day. I, when we went there and I really got to see the golf course and how different it looked in person than it did on TV. I remember um, I went and watched him play every practice round. It's just what I, I, I love the game. Mm-hmm. So I love to watch him play. And uh, I remember after that first practice round, I was like, buddy, you can win this tournament. This thing sets up perfect for you. And, uh, you know, he topped. 20 this first one there and had lots of success there and um and the same with uh you know the majors move every year Uh, all the other majors move that's the only one that stays the same so in augusta so the rest are all over the country and um he had success in in most of those in the pga and the open and um not as much in the british but the he was convinced the win he struggled in the wind and but i do uh (laughs) I do think that, you know, he really was. He was one of the best in the world that had not won a major at that point. This is crazy. We're talking to Sissy Gallagher. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Such a beautiful friend. Um, go to visit Mississippi.org, guys. Once they let us out of our cage, that's what I feel like. I feel like I'm caged, or at least my wife really feels caged. Um <laughs> I've been sleeping outside lately on the pond, uh, not even on a, I've been floating on a float, floating with the frog, bullfrogs, they're out with all the other creatures, ducks, egrets, and snakes. Ugh. I don't like it. We'll be right back. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm with Sissy Gallagher, the greatest amateur golfer in the world, period, because facts say it, stats say it. Sissy, you're playing Mary Langdon, right? And you beat her in a sudden death. Is it a sudden death you beat her? I remember Jim calling and saying, well, the old veteran took out the daughter. <laughs> He said the old called you the old veteran. It went deep in. Did y'all go into playoff? Was that a playoff? Point? We did. We and it was a Clarksdale Country Club. Yes, we did. And Jim actually caddied for her. Oh, he that's why you. Oh, that's why you beat her. Okay, listen. Well, I want to understand the psyche there. So, are you feeling sorry for her at all? I mean, there's no. There's no. I mean, like, I'm gonna. I don't care. I mean, like, I know you talk about playing. Well, I play the course, and I want to be as good as I can be. And I know how competitive the family is, but were you ever like, maybe I should let her win? Never? Um, um, never. <laughs> but, but, 
I will say this. When I'm playing my kids, which I've done, I've played Mary Langdon, I think, twice, and Kathleen once in the state am and when i or i've beating them beaten them when i played them the one thing that i think is so it's so easy for me because i'm so proud of when they hit a great shot like i'm pulling for them the whole time like i'm not even thinking about what i'm doing i'm i'm really just watching them play like i would as a spectator so it's no pressure on me and it's really it really was harder for them talking after the rounds you know it just would drive them crazy and i didn't even realize it you know i'm they make a 20 footer or something and i have a you know the same putt to tie or win and uh, you know i see the line and make it and they're and they're just they can't believe it and but like i said there was no pressure on me at all it was a win-win for me if i win great if they win great probably the most memorable for me was winning my 12th state am and i struggled i qualified you know there's a qualifying to seed you in into your bracket and the way it would have it i was paired with my girls during the qualifier and I remember standing on the range, and I and I told them I hadn't I hadn't played a lot of golf, but I'd I'd gotten ready to play. But I told them I said, "Hey, y'all, I'm debating between a four this four iron and this full you know hybrid. Y'all remind me that I have uh, 15 clubs in my back before we tee off, or I'm going to get a penalty. I don't want to forget. I'm just telling my girls, you know, we play together all the time. Yeah, and uh, they forgot. And sure enough, on the first hole, I needed one of them. Oh, and no. I had. I had to give myself a two-shot penalty on the very first hole. So <laughs> it's match rest, play, though. So when you get a two-shot penalty, you just give well, up no, the it was so so it was a qualifier. So oh no, it's not match play. Yeah. So because of the two-shot penalty, and I had to add it onto my score at the end of the day, when the brackets came out, I'm paired with Kathleen the very first round. Oh wow! Well now, now granted, she's <laughs> broken her hand at the um, and had not gotten to play, but for a couple of weeks or so, I had a huge advantage over her and I still shot I still had to shoot 70 to beat her I think she shot 71 Wow! and I remember her grabbing me after the round and putting her hands on my shoulder she hugged me and then she she's not real she's not my most aggressive child but she grabbed my arms and said mom you better play as hard against me play it hard against everybody else as you didn't need it yeah. <laughs> and uh and you know it kind of pushed me i was like i was i was upset because i thought you know she'll win this whole thing if i if, if she gets by me she can win this whole thing and uh and yeah. then i'd gotten by her and she pushed me to really prepare the night before and go putt go chip go practice and uh i somehow managed to win my 12th state am and it had been a long time. That was in 2015, and I had not won since 2006. So. Oh wow! It's like a tiger thing. It's exactly what it is. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, you had a lot going on, just FYI, between those dates. Just you know, That's nine true. years. Gra- it was a right. Lot. Graduated three from high school. <laughs> yeah, um, you did. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it was. Jim and I actually. Um, I don't think there was a bigger year for us than 2019. We. Uh, it just was where our middle daughter Kathleen that I was talking about got married in November and we've had three weddings in three and a half years and then getting uh, the opportunity to get into the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame last August there were just so many 
it was just a banner year for yeah you, we usually have to duck when things that go that well but you passed that you did there were so many great moments that you were you were you escaped anything it would have happened halfway in between in the middle right. of it all, all this great stuff hey sissy i can't thank you enough for spending the mississippi minute with me this has been long overdue your career is amazing and uh i love you guys and we'll get together jim's got a new show for everybody uh pot is a podcast called only one shot golf podcast that's right only one shot golf podcast and uh, so you guys check it out. Go f- subscribe to it. Follow it. We've been with Sissy Gallagher, Hall of Famer. I'm Steve Azar in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Go to visit Mississippi.org, and I will meet you at your next getaway. Love you guys. Bless you. I'm Steve Azar in a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. My friends at Guarantee Bank believe in every crisis, there lies an opportunity. Use this time to plan for the future as life returns to normal. It always does. Stay safe, help those in need or who are struggling with the effects of the crisis. Stay six feet apart and wash your hands. Let Guarantee Bank make this chaotic time a little less stressful. They have a full menu of electronic self-service options that allow you to make deposits transfer of money, pay bills, check balances, and much more from your phone or computer. If you'd like to talk to a Guarantee Bank member at your branch, they're available from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. The phone number is 800-847-7454. Stay safe and stay healthy. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. The news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Fox News Radio, late breaking, up to the minute, from around the world, around the clock, here on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.